Oh, and welcome to the Home Roots Podcast, where we feature cross-country check-ins with artists, producers, industry folks, community folks, house concert hosts, and impresarios who make up the interwoven network of music lovers, balladeers, and tune makers across the globe. I first met you, nearly tore you apart. You played the pieces of my broken heart I'm coming out to play, push your picture away Like you did when you were on fire Under the arms of care and desire Of a love that was lost so long ago To repeat those breaths now Couldn't ask you for more He danced in the kitchen She swung in his arms I long for the day that she'd fall for my charms Her love don't come easy like religion or sin And I hope that she stays when she comes back again Like you did when you were on fire Under the arms Care and desire Of a love that was lost So long ago To repeat these breaths now I couldn't ask you for more you did when you were on fire under the arms of care and desire of a love that was lost so long ago to repeat these breaths now couldn't ask you for more Two Manitoba songwriters that have carved out careers both in their own right, Amber Nielsen and Richard Inman, have collaborated on a number of different songs, one of which we just heard there, and we caught them at Amber's home in Winnipeg for an interview. Hi, Amber and Richard. Welcome to the Home Roots Podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. So glad you could be here today. We're going to... uh, Pick your brains a little bit, see uh, how things have been for you the last uh, few months. That's kind of been a theme, uh, a re- recurring theme on recent episodes is sort of checking in with folks and seeing how uh, life has changed for them over the last few months. I think it's you know, particularly profound, some of the changes that artists are going through. So really interested in your perspectives on that. And uh, I, m- I think maybe that's even a good place to start. Um, 
what did life look like for you right before this happened and how you know how catastrophic has it been or or has it been have there been positive aspects to it just give me you know each of you maybe on your own tell me what life's been like uh since this covid thing happened been sitting around <laughs> a lot of sitting around a lot of uh a lot of uh a lot of beer drinking not a lot of fishing i was hoping there was going to be a lot of fishing going on but there was not a lot of fishing um yeah i don't know well, that's on you, you know. Writing, you know. The, the the lack of fishing's on you, you know. I well, yeah, it is. I was like to try the river, you know that. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Lots of sitting around, right? Um, I've noticed that a lot of folks have really dove headfirst into uh, the internet and its potential for sort of uh, keeping engaged with your audience. Um, I know Richard, you, you don't spend a lot of time on the internet, but you, you do still have a, a web presence, quite a substantial presence. You know, like if you're, if you Google your name, all the right places come up right away, but I know you don't really spend a lot of time there. So I'm not really asking you this question as much as Amber, how much has the internet and, uh, you know, online access to, um, an audience been important for you over the course of this, uh, pandemic? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty big. I, I guess I feel like I just have to like keep up with some stuff so I don't disappear. So like even just like emailing fans and stuff and being like, hey guys, everything's canceled for us, but we're still here and we're releasing music and we're still writing. And I think too, like I had a lot of emails come towards me that fans that have been watching me for the last decade that were worried, you know, cause it is like the first time I've been home for this long in a decade. <clears throat> And I know some artists are having like a really hard time. It's emotional and stressful. It's kind of the end of the road for some people. But like keeping busy with trying to make new songs with Richard, do new stuff with Sweet Alibi, maybe even start a new project. Like it might not do anything or go anywhere, but just keeping my mind active on those things. We, we had just caught home from Home Roots in March, I think March 15th or something. And so when we were driving home, those those last three days of driving home, all we were hearing was about the coronavirus and how things were slowly being canceled. And we kind of just were like, let's just finish the tour, not worry about it and figure it out when we get home. And then basically the day we got home, it was, everything was canceled. A lot of things were closed. So it was weird coming back to that. And it seemed like everyone we were playing for on the road before that didn't really care or know. It was such a beginning of the virus. So yeah, coming home to that and then no more shows was like, okay, well, every it seemed like a bit of a panic. Like everyone's like, well, what are we gonna do? We gotta have an online show, you know? So we did one of those and it was really great. It's really hard to like do those though, unless you have like proper equipment. And um, it also is just like, yeah, it was depressing. It was like, ah, you know what? I just want to sleep all day and watch Netflix. I've watched more Netflix in the last three months than I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well, you're not alone there. No. Richard, have you felt that the internet's been calling to you? Have you felt that it may be some well, of the way you're well, staying connected? Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of people that want me to do the online show thing. And I mean, I just, it felt like it was like, 
like a flooded market almost, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it. I still don't, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's life. You, uh, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know? <laughs> well, you know, there's lots of people glad to get to lay their ears and eyes on you whenever they can. So oh, you know, at least yeah. there's that. Good <laughs> adoring public. That's what I live for. Yeah, really. Um, Amber, you touched on something I really want to explore, um, which is this new collaboration. I don't, it's not even all that new anymore, I guess, but it seems that um, there's this real sense that the two of you are spending a lot of time working on your craft together. So can you talk about how that came about and what's that all looking like? Uh, well, we played a show together years ago. Yeah, I think it was like the West End Cultural Center. The West Center. End Cultural Center. Someone put it together. I'm not sure who. And uh, yeah, we played the show and we watched each other's set. And then afterwards, um, chatted. And it was kind of started there immediately. It was like, hey, we should get together sometime. I like your songs, vice versa. And then it took a while. And eventually we started getting together like once every couple months, just like, learning covers or whatever getting to know like what kind of music we'd want to write and then yeah and then we just started writing and now we've got a handful of songs yeah we wrote another one last night and there'll be more future writing sessions we actually have a new recording um that we just have to add my vocal on and then uh release it so i guess that sort of leans into where i was gonna go next which is yeah how kind of long term is this feeling or is this like there's obviously you're not abandoning any of your other projects but this is obviously something you you're prepared to to record write and perform together indefinitely because it's just fun and it's working yeah well we get along really great yeah it's super easy to write together like we tried to write last night and you can't really force it right so we just sang all the songs we knew and then we woke up in the morning. It was like, you know, we're, all, we're feeling pretty hungover and tired, but that's sometimes the best time. We're feeling pretty low. So, you know, and it usually always ends up starting as a joke. A lot of our songs, like I remember for, with Pistol, I was like, oh, just shoot me in the head. You know, I'll, I'll quit playing music when someone shoots me in the head. And that's where the idea for that came. And then this morning it was like, what should we write about? And I was like, I don't know, maybe fucking hot dogs in heaven. And it was like, you know what? Let's just go with that. And so we got this song. Yeah, of course, is uh, it turned into a pretty sad. If there ain't thing. no hot dogs in heaven, then I guess I'm sure some name left. dropping going on. So we're talking <laughs> about John Prine and Kurt Cobain and things. We basically call Kurt Cobain a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually a really sad song. You know, you get to the gates and uh, there's no guest list, and uh, you got to sneak people in. Sneak people in through the fire exit, <laughs> and if there's a chance, you'll steal the stamp and the. And the and keys key, from yeah. the bouncer, and there's a lot going on in that song. And it literally, we just wrote it in like 20 minutes or something. Yeah, and I think it's solid. There's a part that says just erase my memory, and like it's really sad. <laughs> Take the mortgage bills and yeah. the, the house keys. As long as there's hot dogs in heaven, everything's you know, gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, I hope there's hot dogs in heaven. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear this song. Oh, it'll be great. <laughs> I was going to bring the words and I could have sang it, but, you know. Hey, Tim, did you want to jump in? And uh, you probably had some questions you wanted to ask. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really great to see you guys and refreshing to hear that you guys both just clicked and 
and it's really easy. I, you know, the, the songs that you've recorded already are great. Um, I've, I, I don't know if they're officially released, um, but I know you sent them to me and they're, We sold wow. to people, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we sold quite a, not like a ton of CDs, but people were into it. We didn't really do any sort of like, yeah, release. We don't have, um, yeah. We'll probably re-record some of that stuff with full band yeah. and. Yeah. yeah, I guess that, that sometimes is, is the best thing when it's just kind of like out there and you guys just click together. That's great. Um, do you have any stories from when you guys were touring on that tour you want to share? Uh, I've got a lot of stories. Yeah, like, well, any, I don't know, anything appropriate <laughs> for the cool. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, maybe not. <laughs> we made our way. We had some homeroots shows. Uh, no, we, we left early before homeroots, and Richard had a festival gig that oh, yeah. sort of put me on with him, and it was wonderful. Like, we got to sing together in this, like, gorgeous theater. It was, like, insane. And that was, like, our first show, so it was yeah. really nice. Yeah. And uh, I knew a lot of people in town, and so did Richard. So we, we sort of were hanging out at the beginning of the night. And then as the night went on, you know, we were finding friends. And I got a tour of the old piano museum. And so I disappeared for a few hours, and Richard was running around looking for me. I had a jacket and a cell phone. He or stole like. Well, you left it at the bar. No, I, I left it in the theater where we had played. Anyways, it was safe. somehow I had a jacket. Somehow he had my jacket. And there and was a lot of running around. <laughs> I called security. <laughs> it was wild. He's like, does anybody see this little white girl running around? <laughs> she fits this jacket. And I was like, has anyone seen this big guy looking for a little white girl? Holding a jacket, yeah. So that was funny. For the rest of the weekend, we were there. Everyone was like, "Hey, you guys found each other." <laughs> yeah. So. Right. And then the rest of that was just. We just had a lot of. We always have so much fun together. We kind of want to always do the same things, you know, stopping at gas, get lottery ticket, maybe stop at a bar somewhere, check out the local pub, you know. Sing some karaoke. Sing some karaoke. We had a couple karaoke nights. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we did a lot of like staying up late and writing. Yeah. Yeah. Wrote a couple of things on the road. A lot of junk food. A lot of junk food. We had a, a pizza that we bought at a gas station at one point that lived on the dashboard for a week. Yeah, it's, it's still. Itself. It's still there. It's still like, it's still, there. like, our buddy Steve has it. It's <laughs> oh, in a yeah, freezer. we left it at Steve's. <laughs> it's in a freezer. He sent me a picture of it the other day. It's still there. There's a, it's, yeah, we're going to eat it next time we go play a show there. <clears throat> inspiration. Yeah. 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 Cool. And you guys went up to Fort Mac, eh? Yeah. And down to uh, like Western through. Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. Athabasca. Athabasca, yeah. Wrote a song about that place. Fort Mac was pretty crazy. Richard stayed up all night watching a movie in their home. Yeah, we played, we played in a, a home movie theater that this guy <clears> built <throat> underneath his garage. That's right. And when everybody cleared out, I just, I grabbed a really expensive bottle of whiskey and watched World War II movies all night. <laughs> like six o'clock. It was really hard to get them up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was great. I wanted to stay. <laughs> yeah, that guy lost his house in the big Fort McMurray fire. Hey. Yeah. When yeah, he rebuilt I played, it. I played there on the first homeworks I did. Oh, so you saw the first house? 
Yeah, I saw the first house, and he had sort of a similar setup, but now it's like just... Yeah, well, I mean, he went to his insurance company and said, well, I want to rebuild my house to include a theater, and just happened to be under the garage. So he was really excited to have concerts there, so... Yeah, they're great. Didn't he lose, like, a bunch of instruments or something in that fire, and, like, it... Like insurance covered a whole bunch of it. I don't, I can't remember. It was a blurry night. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I I want to ask Amber about, uh, Amber is, our audience may not know, but uh, a pioneer of the curbside concerts model here in Manitoba. And Amber, I think, might have done the first Winnipeg curbside concert. Is that true? I did. Yeah, I saw it. I saw Matt Masters posting it about on Facebook. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, we got to start doing this here for sure. So I contacted him immediately and was like, you know, how do we get this going here? Um, kind of wanted me to be more part of it, but I just have too many other things going on. Uh, other, like, secret projects I'm working <clears throat> on. So I was like, you know, I'll definitely be involved. But um, so you got Rami Mays on board, which is great because she knows everybody in town. Um, so she's busting her ass trying to get people to sign up. It's a great thing. It's socially distanced. I don't, it's not going to last because uh, the weather, but maybe, I mean, I'll wear a parka and go watch someone play in their car. <laughs> maybe they could play in the car. I don't know. Would yeah, you? It's going all over Canada. He seems to be doing really well on it. The musicians are getting uh, benefits and everything. If you play so I like enough during the week, I think it's like, four times a week or something and get full benefit. If, if our audience is listening and doesn't know, um, Curbside Concerts is a model for um, getting uh, live performance. So uh, they act as an agency where a prospective neighborhood group or, or f- group of friends who might live in the, on the same block or something, they get in touch with curbside. They dispatch a, an artist potentially of their choice, depending on the roster in the city. And uh, that artist goes out and performs on the street, allows everyone to basically remain on their own premises and socially distance as they need to. And it's an amazing, uh, amazing little model for or it was one of the first, I think, uh, uh, ways that people got live music back in front of an audience. So, uh, in, at least in Canada, that I know of, and like Amber was saying, it's going, it's going national. Home Roots is partnering with with them to help facilitate some of the of the bookings. And I just, I have tremendous uh, hopes and uh, and expectations for it. I think it's such a cool thing, and I'm so glad that Home Roots is involved and. Uh, Thanks for giving us the background on that, Amber. And, and I, I, I hope that you, you're going to obviously remain on the roster. So if people do want to uh, contact Curbside, they can actually have you come and perform right on their street while weather uh, permits. Yeah, I'm trying to get Richard on board too with our project. So we'll see. Be good. I don't know if we'll fit him on top I, of a van. But yeah. I, I don't know. You know, like <laughs> I think five years of busking yeah. prior to five years of touring is just, I don't. I don't want to sit in a van and play music. To it is definitely different. You know, it's got to be for you, but yeah, I mean, I think it's great though. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a, it's just not my thing. It's I hard spent, to get Richard. I spent different. a lot of time <laughs> standing on the curb playing music. 
You're a bit of a traditionalist, Richard. So I, I imagine this has to be quite challenging for you. I think you're, you're pretty dedicated to the write, record, and get, get those songs on the road model. So this is really disruptive for you. Are you managing this okay? No. <laughs> no, I think I'm, all, I'm doing all right. I'm doing a lot better than I thought I'd be doing. Um, one thing I like, I, everybody I talk to is like, don't be hard on yourself because this is like, everybody's going through the same thing right now. So for me, I just need to take it easy and like keep writing or keep trying to write that. That was the thing is that I wasn't even trying to write for a little bit. That that's the most, uh, that's the worst part about it is, is that you get, you get so down and you just, next thing you know, you've watched all like, what is it? Nine seasons of the office. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> I don't know. No, that could be demoralizing for sure. You know, you're a prolific writer. So to, you know, to have, that was, I think the thing that doubles down on the demoralization is you have the time. Most of the obstacles that re, that re, are typically in your way between, you know, standing in the way of you and creation are no longer there. And now these, there's these new impediments. And that's, I think, got to be one of the hardest things to deal with. Yeah, it just kind of makes you feel, I felt like for a bit there, like just a bit of a failure. Like, it's like, well, got this stuff. Like, even with Sweet Alba, like, we weren't even getting together to rehearse because some of us are afraid of, you know, staying distanced. And, um, you know, it was just kind of sad. You know, I remember getting together in the park with Jess and Michelle and just, wanting to hug them and it's like the longest I've gone without seeing them and we all kind of were just like pretty sad and down about it we were like you know we got to just play music like next time we get together let's just jam forget you know forget our friendships <laughs> just focus on the music but it was so refreshing after you know being home for like a good almost two months alone and just jamming with people online it's not the same finally getting together with like Richard or Jess and writing and even just like recording something on our phone for fun it was it was nice I used that acapella app a bunch but I'm not very good at it it's actually really hard to use but I was jealous of people where some like a lot of people are just like doing really good in this whole situation. Yeah, finding <laughs> new ways to make money and stay creative and stay connected to their fans and be happy. They seem really happy and I don't know, I guess I wish it could have been more like that for us, but um, it's just a reality. So now it's like, yeah, it's a nice thing with Richard. We can just focus on writing more and like actually getting to the studio now. I've got all this free time. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Are you already at the point where there's enough material co-written and well, I guess you can always choose some other things, but to, to go into the studio, like is, is it that time now? Well, we're think, kind of just doing yeah. one at a time kind of thing. I think we're getting pretty close. Getting so. really I was, close, I was yeah. actually, I made a list before and I think we've got like seven or eight songs maybe. Yeah. Probably a few more than that. But the thing is, yeah, you don't want to put them all and some of them aren't great. They're more of a live tune versus a recording tune, but hot dogs in heaven. It's going to be our big hit. <laughs> I can't wait. I really can't. I love it. Oh, oh it's, it's, a, it's a very Adam Carroll feel. You'll like it a lot. Oh, man. You know that's up my alley. Oh, yeah. I think one thing, too, that I've really been trying, and, and you know, is, that, is getting people out 
to my place and, and jamming, you know, it's um, like everybody's going a little stir crazy and, and I live way out in, in the bush and we can sit around and play songs. And that's one thing I've been trying to make a habit of, and I've been doing it a lot in the last two, three months. So I've been happy to join you on a couple of those and it was really therapeutic. So I know exactly what you mean. I can yeah. imagine, you know, for you, it's, it's very similar. Super thankful. And, and, you know, songs come from that songs come from anything like positive. I feel like, or, you know, or negative, I guess. But when something like, like that happens, and you've been sitting alone for two months, it's like, it really gets everything flowing again, so. I'm tired of going out I'm tired of falling down I'm sick of moving up I'm sick of running all around Sick of losing money Every night a different town I'm tired of chasing old love Feeling never keeps me sound We both know If I go Won't be long They all say If I stay I won't stay strong Just burning through the years Never cared if we broke even When the bar covered the beer Say that you don't love me Seems like anything but fair But in this hell it's hard to tell Really gives a damn after all We both know If I go Won't be long They all say If I stay Won't stay strong
And I gave both my heart and soul to the road. And if the end don't lead me home, at least I'll die in Idaho. Paid for the circus Why not give them one more show I just can't do it anymore I'm out in Idaho In Idaho In Idaho can we talk a little bit about songwriting process? Um, I know, you know, for me, it, it mostly everything starts with a melody. Um, are you, are either of you really lyrically driven to the point where a lot of songs start with words, or do you feel like your your your, your songs start with melody? Where where what do you think? And I mean, obviously, it's not it's not going to be universal, but as a general rule, do you feel you fit in one camp or the other? I think every song we've written is all starts with lyrics. Yeah. And that's usually how I do it. It's just. Or we talk about stuff for until we come up with an idea. Like, yeah. Can we write a song about this person? Like, is this person interesting enough? What do people care about? You know, I had a conversation with Dan Frechette the other day. We've been Skyping every once in a while and talking about songwriting. And he's like, you know, you got to just think of things that people say to each other often that, you know, you can put into a song, like everything's gone to shit or whatever, you know? Hot dogs. <laughs> Unprecedented times. Yeah. There's someone who just like is crazy writing, 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 you know, releasing. I think I get a new message from him every second day, like, here's my new album. Here's my new album, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how are you doing this right now? It's magic. Yeah, everybody deals with it in their own way, right? And and for some of us, it's retreating, and for some of us, it's just like blowing the doors wide open. Mm -hmm. Catch up on sleep. Richard, are you still playing banjo at all? Um, my banjo is hanging uh, at my parents' house on my dad's wall of guitars. I don't know how it got there. <laughs> he's he's claimed it for a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> got like a bunch of guitars and uh yeah i i stayed the night there the other day because uh, they got they have internet there and if i want to catch up on you know what's going on in scranton <laughs> just go hang <laughs> uh, yeah and so i i know so yeah long story short no i'm not playing banjo right now <laughs> I wish I was. I had I to ask. We'd like to have Bando on the 
Yeah. Oh, there there will be some band there for sure. And accordion, lots of piano. Yeah. Wish I could play the accordion. You know, that's like there's too much multitasking going on there. I'm not even gonna go there. There in pedal steel, no way. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's gonna wrap up and say thank you guys so much for making some time for us. Hey, so guys, if you want to do a live stream sometime, <laughs> we'd gladly have you on our Facebook page. That'd be great. We'd love to do that. Nice way to reach our fans through the home roots. All yeah. right, you hear that? Live performance coming at you in the next little while, folks. This I'll is gonna be hot fun. Dogs. Hot dogs from heaven. Ah, Richard Inman and Amber Nielsen. That was uh, really fun. And what a couple of talents. I really admire both of them as songwriters and performers. And uh, that they're teaming up uh, together is just a really exciting prospect. What do you think, Tim? I'm really excited to hear more from them. The fact that they all have such an ease with with writing together uh, is just, it's exciting to hear what's coming next. Yeah, it's really... the, The hot dog song. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is really a rare thing to uh, to find a, a songwriting partnership that's easy. You know, collaboration can yield so many uh, so many positive things, but it's not often easy. So to hear that they're that they just are sliding right into that is is cool. You know, good things are coming. So thanks for tuning in, everybody, on the Home Roots podcast. We will come back at you with another episode in due time, as uh, as my friend Tim Osmond would say. Keep on a picking. Keep on picking. (laughs) (laughs) Connie said you take a little time off work. Leave the kids with their granddad and call up Bert. Well, Bert's her first cousin and he's good with the bait. Feed the dogs and horses for the price of hay. Says she's kicked off her boots and her hair's a mess Running barefoot in that floral dress She threw my hat in the back with the tackle box Kisses me and laugh as we both take off Lead me down to the river where the grass grows green Rolling around like we were 17 Lying in the water, smile on my face A thousand wild horses couldn't drag me away A thousand wild horses couldn't drag me away Well, Connie called Luther to check the bars Let her know if he spots my old stock car I was sitting in for Shorzy at the poker game I had a real good hand when I heard my name Luther said she's angry and I best go home so I fold a pair of aces and I got real stone. I 
drank a 12 and a bottle on the old bridge road and she was sitting out front smoking export gold she'd lead me down past the horses to a shallow stream screaming my name like we were 17 Lying in the water, just lines on her face. A thousand wild horses couldn't drag me away. A thousand wild horses couldn't drag me away. Connie ain't bluffing when she packs her bags. Loaded up the trailer with the bayonets Said she should have listened to her dad back then Married old Luther and headed west Lead me down to the river where the grass grows green Rolling around like we were 17 Lying in the water, smile on my face A thousand wild horses couldn't drag me away Thousand wild horses couldn't drag me away. Lead me down to the river where the grass grows green Rolling around, we were 17 Lying in the water, smile on my face A thousand wild horses couldn't drag me away A thousand wild horses couldn't drag me away